Welcome to the heartland of America, as the World Wrestling Federation presents the first ever King of the Ring extravaganza. Tonight, eight of the toughest superstars of the WWF will bang heads in a grueling single elimination tournament to determine once and for all who is the King of the Ring. Hey there, folks. Welcome to uh, Talking Tourneys number nine. We're going to be talking about Rings 1994 Mega Battle Tournament. I am one of your hosts, Sam, and with me, per usual, Dan Rice. Dan, how are you doing? Doing Mega. How about you, Sam? No, no, you can't say You're not that. Doing mega? Oh, not Mega, Mega. Ah, okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. How are things? Uh, they're doing pretty great. This is like not in their time, but this is our Christmas time, and it was a great holiday. Great holiday. Now we're this will be coming out in the new year. So yeah, happy twenty twenty three, everyone. Just listen. So we picked the show kind of out of a hat, not necessarily, but scrolling through Cage Match, which is how some of these shows just come to be. Is like. Huh, what are the tournaments in wrestling history? Because our brains are broken. And I scrolled across this one. One of the Mega Battle tournaments. I unfortunately originally forgot which tournament we agreed on. I had watched the first round of the 1993 Mega Battle tournament. But we're talking 1994. Dan, what are your thoughts coming into this one? Uh, like I think I told you I'm not super familiar with rings. Um... I think literally all I've seen in rings is a Volcon uh, comp tape back in the day, there you go. which I liked, but I just never dug any deeper outside of that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I have not seen a lot of rings and have similar backgrounds, but probably even less. Watching even less Volcon, no comp tapes in my life, but some smattering of stuff that's been online, especially with like your, your Hans and Dicks in there. So I think there's probably going to be some level explained because it's a shoot style tournament. Some rules just because with proper shoot style, there's usually some some rule setups here that make it a little bit different to follow. And this whole tournament structure is going to be a little bit different to follow. But before we do that, we're going to run through the lineup real quick, I guess, as well as we can. 
And I guess now would be actually the good time to bring up the tournament format. Because as we go through the names, we'll be dividing these out a little bit based on where they end up in the tournament. I say that to mean there are two sets of buys that happen in this tournament. There are some wrestlers that get a first round buy. And then there are other wrestlers that get a third round, a uh, second round buy. So some wrestlers are only really wrestling three times, potentially. And some wrestlers could be wrestling up to five times. So very different sort of situations across the board. And this tournament happens between September 21st, 1994, all the way to January 25th, 1995. And across five different shows, there are matchups. I do appreciate that there are no nights of this tournament where we have wrestlers wrestling multiple times. It does help keep things a little bit fresher. But then we're about to ro- let's roll through this. And before I get into it, I am going to butcher most of these names between them being either Russian or Japanese. I am just terrible at names. I am confident in one, two, three, four, five, six of the 20 names. I can't say that. (laughs) I want to say three. I feel feel good about three. Volcan, I want to say I'm good on, but you never know. So, here we go. We have Aldenov Rusimov, Andrei Kopolov, Bissadez Amarin, Dmitry Pekov, Gram Zaza, Hans Nijman, Masayuki Druse, Mikhail. Uh, oof. That's the toughest one, yeah. I'm going to go with Lukine, Mitsuya Nagai, Peter Ull, uh, Tony Holm. Willie Peters, and then the following wrestlers had first round buys. This says Terriel, Yashihisa, Yamamoto, Willie Williams, Nikolai Zuev, Dick Frisch, Chris Dolman, and then the two wrestlers that sat second round buys are Volkan and Kiramaida. That's the lineup. Dan, how many of those wrestlers did you recognize right off the bat? Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Instantly. But Hans Nijman, I only knew from the 2000 Pride Grand Prix. Not from pro wrestling. Yeah. I get this. I get this. This yeah. makes sense to me. The history of rings is a complicated one just because at some point in time, there was the addition of shoot of actual shoot wrestling, shoot fighting, actual MMA into the promotion. There's a lot of like legit, like Randy, Randy Couture, uh, Noguera. They, they all end up fighting and ranks King of Kings tournaments in the future. Yes. But those typically happen. They, those are going to happen later in the decade. 
And other than those kind of like predefined things, like it is hard to say which ones are the the shoot fights. And by and large, it's still a pro wrestling promotion. To my to my understanding. Well, I'm pretty confident this in this point it's all entirely yes. worked. Yes, 100%, 100%. Yeah. Okay. This is not that late decade period. This is absolutely completely worked all the way through. But why I mentioned that is because a lot of these wrestlers are also martial artists kind of by trade and do go on to competing in MMA. So, at least that, I just want to kind of say, like, hey, a lot of these are not traditional pro wrestlers. I mean, if you Google these guys, half of the MMA websites like SureDog or, um, I can't think of the other ones, Tapology, list yeah. what are, which are certainly pro wrestling matches. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, 100% pro wrestling matches in their records. Like, matches from this show show up in SureDog and Tapology as MMA fights. Yeah. Like, a lot of these, rest- a lot of these folks have, like, 50 50 records like on top tapology it's like mm, you wonder why that might be <laughs> <laughs> why they're working completely even and no one's really standing out from this promotion during this time period interesting interesting real quick rules of the wrestling matches these matches work off of a point system i believe it is you get Five points and then you're out. Yep. That's like a TKO. Yes. So five point if you lose your five points, you're out. That's your TKO. Every knockdown is a point. Every escape is essentially half a point. So two escapes and you gain a full point. Or lose a full point, whichever way you want to view it. I think that's pretty much all you need to know. Otherwise, you'll lose by full-on knockout, tap-out. I miss anything there? No, I, I don't think so. Now, oh. maybe other rings, I don't want to spoil anything, maybe other rings takes more advantage of these rule sets. But, like, if somehow you didn't know that, you'd still be mostly fine. <laughs> yeah. It took me Which a is second. like the Ring of Honor pure rules thing, where, like, it's good to know the rules, but they don't always take advantage of it. Yeah. There are some matches where they definitely where they do yeah. at least that is part of the narrative, even if it doesn't really play a part. It is helpful to know because if you're like me and a big dumb idiot, the graphics are not consistent from show to show. So they will they had it's the all the bubbles for actually no it's not even consistent across that they either have four or five bubbles. For your points. And then they either had one or two bubbles. For the escapes. With a thought I guess being. If you're at four bubbles. And you go to five bubbles. You don't need to count the fifth one. Because it's TKO. And likewise for escape. If you get a second escape. We just add one to the full points. And then make that. That stop flashing. Essentially. uh, For the escapes. It's just very odd at times to follow. From a production it's definitely standpoint. like they're trying out different producers or different directors. Like there's like everything's just slightly different. But I will say, after our last episode, the the NWA World Title Tournament, it's like nitpicky to complain about the production values of this show. Absolutely, absolutely. 
I guess the only difference here is there are different rules than you but might yeah. be accustomed to. But so. just, I just think there's graphics. You can see literally all of the action. Um, oh, absolutely. <laughs> brackets pushed on, put on screen and big, it, you know, big productions. Everyone comes out for the, at the first the beginning of the first show. It's a great production. And if, frankly, if you've seen a Pride Grand Prix or anything, you have a good idea of the structure of the production. It's going to have the backstage interview segments before the matches and stuff like that. It's going to give you the whole kick and boodle. So let's get started. You ready, Dan? Yeah, let's do it. First round, September 21st, the Osaka Perfectural Gymnasium, what have you. First matchup, Aldov Rusimov versus Peter Ohl. Dan, where are we at? Um, Rusimov is a boxer. He's got unboxing gloves. Um, he puts on the boxing gloves, but then a lot of the matches him trying to catch kicks, which the gloves don't help with that. Um, Spoiler, he's was, one of two wrestlers that are going to wear gloves yeah. throughout this tournament. Yes. They both suck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, both of the boxers in this suck and they're terrible. This was fine. Um, I, I don't know. It's probably one of the weaker things in the tournament. I just, like I said, the boxing gloves don't help it. Um, I will say Pieter's uh, knees way better than Adrian Sonar- Serrano's. If that's the scale we're working yes, on. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> uh, we should do this whole show based on the Serrano scale. Yes. Yes. Uh, I did like uh, Peter wins and immediately uh, Rusmov's corner comes in and starts icing down his legs. But like they really, that's you know, complete shoot style, like great production, and you know, it it was a fine way to start off the tournament. I guess it's not it's not super memorable. Yeah, it is not a great start here. I think it's just a totally okay match. I do appreciate just Rusev looks like a geek to start, and he just gets his legs battered, and the way it sort of ends, it's just like he gets up, but it's like you know what, I'm done. I'm just, I'm sick of this. My legs are not going to withstand anything else. And we're done. So, so yeah, it's okay. I got, I got nothing here. And I guess what I'll say in here or now is a lot of these discussions on each match might be short because a lot of these matches are going to be short. So there might not be like a lot of uh, stuff to go over and there's no like super talky segments. So Dan, if you want to stop me at any point to go over any of the backstage segments, please do so. I will admit right now that I watch the backstage segments at like two times speed. Perfect. Perfect. Because I don't speak the language they speak. So it's like, I just kind of got to get the gist of who they are. But I mean, this is, I don't think a single match on this first show goes over 10 minutes. No, no. I would say 95% of the matches across all of these shows are under 10 minutes. I think you can definitely count. Yeah, looking at it, cage match says only one. Okay, only that checks out. It's over 10 minutes. Some yeah, of, a, a couple things get close, but the only thing that eclipses 10 minutes is the final. Yeah, this first but show that feels right. This first show does feel like it has some of the longer on average matches, which is interesting. Next match. Willie Peters versus Mikhail Ukline. I am a fan of this match. I thought this was pretty darn good. Peters is sort of a scrawny-looking grappler sort of dude. He doesn't quite play that way in the match. And Mikhail just looks like a brick shit house. 
extremely thick, looks just big in general. That eventually gets sort of debunked in the next going forward. But Peter's a real tiny guy, and it feels like Mikhail's just toying with him for this lot of this match. But Dan, what are, what are your thoughts here? Uh, Mikhail's like one of those guys. Like he trains with Fedor and Volkan, and his his MMA record list is he he's a like extensive one. I don't know how much is real, but he ends up he fought Babalu and Rampage and beat Randy Couture. Like so, he kept going into the when it became real shoot fighting. Um, but yeah, it, this was really fun. This should have been the first match, honestly. Uh, he starts out, he tries to like throw Willie over the top ropes, like immediately. Um, and he just had a lot of fun takedowns. Um, Willie tried to like combat it by just slapping him and palm striking him, but it just, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't to be, uh, Mikhail, I think he wins with like the shoot single leg Boston crab. Yes. And, yep. it, and it was, it was awesome. Yeah. There's one part where. Pierce quickly realizes he has no chance grappling with this man who outweighs him and just frankly stronger. And land, he goes to land this high kick and Mikhail just grabs it out of the air. Peter says no defense whatsoever. So he just starts throwing palms into his face while his leg is in the air. Not yeah. maybe your, your best strikes there in that position, but it's just like, Oh, that's the match that's done. If he can't do anything, you when Lang strikes, yeah, you're 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 kind of donezos. Um, I like the finish because uh, one of my biggest complaints was shoot style, and maybe super later matches on the show is uh, there's a lot of people hanging around in leg locks, and uh, that's like a complaint you'll hear against shoot style. But that wasn't here. Like the second the second he started cranking on it, uh, Willie was tapping. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of leg locks to talk about. I don't know if they're going to meet that bar for criticism, but I can very much say there's a lot of them. Luckily, the escapes kind of help prevent, in my eyes, really dragging out a bunch. Moving on here, we got Mitsuya Nagai versus Bissadez Amarin. Dan, what are your thoughts? Um, Amarin is much, much bigger. Um, he also looks like he has like a gi on, like gi pants on, and then just like a really baggy like red tank top, which is like it's a look. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I thought this was all right. Uh, the guy had some cool takedowns, and uh, Amarin just tried to kill him with kicks, but he's so much bigger. Um, sometimes I like it because they would do where. The guy was clearly better in the ground, but Amron was bigger, so they would, you know, Amron would get his advantage sometime by just being stronger. Um, and then we get the leg lock battle at the end, and there's like a cool rolling calf slicer. In addition to getting the names wrong, I will probably get the names of these submissions wrong as well. Oh, 100%. 100%. But that's what I would call it, like a rolling calf slicer, and it was cool. Yeah, Amron looks like a gym teacher. There's yes. A big old gym teacher. Doesn't have a lot of body definition. We're going to do a lot of body shaming during this podcast, unfortunately. Uh, at least I am. There'd be a lot of weird bodies. I have a weird body, so I feel I'm one of the people. But he is just trying to uh, do spinny shit for a lot of this match. He's like, okay, I'm going to do just roundhouses, and we're just going to see what sticks, see what lands here on this t- tiny little fella. He at one point gives the guy the big old come on dude sort of taunt. I think you got to hang it up after that. If you can't win in that situation, 
Like after you do that, like if you don't come out with a W, you look like a real chump. They both do some flippy shit towards the end of this match also, which I think is very funny. That's all I got. I think it's fun. I don't think it's great yeah. or anything, but it's fun. I want to say it maybe went a little long, which is funny because it's seven minutes. Yeah. But in comparison to the rest of the tournament, I don't know that this needed to be that long, but it, it was like I said, it was fun. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I mean by this first round feels a little bit longer than some of the other ones, just because on average, we're dealing with some maybe less talented folks by and large. All right. Ready to move on? Yeah. Masayuki Naruse versus Hans Neiman. Dan, what uh, do you Neiman have? is terrifying. Um, like I said, I knew him from the, the Pride Grand Prix, and uh, apparently he got gunned down a few years back because he was pretty involved in organized crime, that seemed, which fits because he's a scary like, looking dude. Like, I would, if I owed someone money and he, they showed up with him, I'm paying him. Um, he, I, what I like about shoot style, especially the, uh, this match is like, he hits him with, I don't even know what you call it. Some sort of suplex, but it's not like a, it doesn't seem like it's cooperative. It's just Hans just tosses him. Um, and then the finish is just, he just kicks him and kicks him and kicks him and kicks him until he falls down and poor, uh, Masayuki makes it up at the count of nine just to get kicked one more time and be TKO'd. But I like this a lot. No, it's uh, fun. It looks awesome. It's fun. And Hans, I think what makes this match work is that Nurse keeps on trying to take him down, and he's he's successful on a number of occasions. But every time he does it, Neiman is blasting him with a kick coming in. And so every time he gets the takedown, it's still like, oh, he, he paid for it. And anytime he tries a submission, Neiman is just like, oh, I'm going to grab this rope that's right here. And we're just going to stand right back up because I can take a lot of points here by doing escapes. Like, I can do that 10 times before it matters. And I'll just kick you every time in between that. And that's what he does. And that's what it's just so beautiful about the sport. That's all I got. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Everyone's favorite boxer, Tony Holm versus Dmitry Petkov. It is the rings. Big boy division. The clear two biggest dudes of the tournament so far. Dan, what are your thoughts? I hated it. Oh, uh, my goodness. You like this? I like this. Oh, as I said, Tony and his boxing gloves. I mean, it just was no good. I, I don't know. Um, there was there was some good. Uh, there was some good throws. There was some big, good big boy throws. But. Overall, this I don't I don't know if I hated it, but this was probably I mean at this point probably my second least favorite match. Like I hated the first match more, but this this wasn't for me. This is my second favorite match. Oh man, so far, so far. But obviously we're saying that, but there's only been five matches, so there's really yeah. I guess that's true. That yeah, middle, so not <laughs> we're like okay, this is somewhere in the middle swing, of the pack. Yeah. But Homa is a like a pro pro wrestler. Wrestles in New Japan. Or New Big and I think that's also why he's wearing the boxing gloves because he had no idea what he was doing when he was doing shoot style which is going to show up in a later discussion with folks but what I dig and what's very sad about this match is that Petkov is just chucking this large large man around for good portions of this match 
it rocks to me. I am like a huge fanfic of just throwing this big fella around. Oh, there's a point where he does this front face lock and he just drives uh, Tony's head straight to the canvas. I'm like, you know what? Hell yeah. See, I think maybe I'm partially colored by the results and the future results because the wrong guy wins here. The wrong guy does win. Pekov looks Tony like does more of his bullshit later on. Yes. Pekov looks like the man. I'm like, okay, I want to see him versus Meta. I want to see him versus Han. I want to see him versus Han, Stick. I want to see him against all of the big guns because he looks amazing. But Tony, after all this, simply out of nowhere, and there's a jab with Petkoff's coming in, takes him to the body, throws a punch to the head, donezos. That's that's the match. There's nothing more to it. That's really the only offense he ever lands. And that's the finish. So, kind of a bummer. And that's for me, going to be maybe a, a theme with some of these later matches of like the match, I really dislike who won because in shoot style, that believability aspect of someone winning, it's going to be more pronounced in a shorter match with stiff strikes and a bit more shooty. So, yeah, I think we're on the same page though. Tony, Tony shouldn't won. Shouldn't have won. Anything else you want to say about this match, though? No, I don't think so. Moving on. Andre Kopolov versus Grom Zaza. Dan, what do you think of this one? Well, I think if we're going to body shame, we should also say that Grom Zaza is like a silver fox. Oh, man. He looks so good. He also an Olympian. Okay. This uh, is, my first comment, I didn't look into it. It was just Zaza looks like a legit athlete. Yeah, he went to the Olympics literally... I mean, it was 96, so you know, less than two years after this, he's in the Olympics. Um, and you could tell, um, this was fun. Uh, a lot of like wild palm strikes exchanges. Um, I think Zaza gets dropped first, and he gets up, and this just completely returns the favor and drops uh, Andre. Um, I think this was worthy of being like the final of the first round matches on this show. Uh, I really liked it. What do you think? Yeah, I think we're on the same page here. I don't know if this was my favorite match of the first round. I do think it's probably the most competitive. It feels like the the biggest match of the first round. There's this one moment where Zaza hits a fire and carry on Kopolov, but does it from the side. So he's like cranking down on Kopolov's neck while he's doing it. And just, it rocks. It rocks. And I think that's the whole thing with Zaza. He just looks like a badass even though he's amongst the smallest wrestlers we've seen thus far. Uh, and like you said, legit athlete, you see, like he came off as athletic. He gets the submission win and he just instantly does a kip up and is so excited. And just, you know, he felt, he felt like a big deal. And this match felt like a big deal. Yeah. He could, and I don't know rings enough to know if where these guys are in the pecking order, if this was like a, you know, a big deal match, but like they did a good job of, of giving it, you know, gravity. Absolutely, absolutely. And Zaza wins with a gator roll, more or less. So, gotta give him that. Gotta give him that. All right, ready to move on? That is, that is the end of the first first round here. The first night of action. All right, yeah. next up, the second round on October 22nd. Coca International Center. 
we have Yoshihisa Yamato versus Rom Zaza. Dan, what are your thoughts? I'm going to first say, I'm not going to sh- shame Sam because he did watch a different tournament, but I watched a few of the non-tournament matches, and if anyone's ever going to watch this, they need to watch the first match, which is Bart Vale versus uh, Masayuki Naruse, because Bart Vale is amazing. He looks like, uh, I think it was Phil or Eric called him Danny McBride at one point on Segunda Kayuda, because that's like what sticks out in my mind. He looks like Danny McBride playing a rings karate guy. And it was great. And people should check that out. Um, as for the first match, uh, it's, you know, we get right back to more Zaza. And this is uh, the first we see of Yamamoto. And I love this. There's kicks, suplexes, Boston Crab. Um, you get a leg lock battle, which I complained about. But, like, they actually, like, there's, like, fire and intensity. Um, oh, this is when I, you can see in my notes, this is when I realized he was an Olympian. Because I go, oh, my God, he was an Olympian. Oh, my <laughs> God, he's only 20. He's only 28 here. Okay, yeah, he doesn't look 28. No, so he does. looks like an old man, like a very handsome old man, but an old man. So that's like real time reading my notes. Um, big time uh, palm strike battles. Um, at one point, Zaza like reaches down and just grabs an ankle and snatches him down. Um, and it ends with Yamamoto getting the win with a rear naked choke. But I, I really like this. Yeah, I think this is plenty of fun. I think I have much... Your feelings towards Tony are Tony Holm or how I feel about Yamamoto. Whoa. Slightly different, but that he does not feel earned. Um, When you look at this as the guy who got a first round by, Zaza just completely looks like he outclasses him in every facet of the game. Nothing looks like Yamamoto is better than Zaza other than maybe having that dog in him. But Zaza just looks like he's a step ahead. Striking, grappling, and yes, that doesn't matter. Because the finish is Yamamoto winning. Getting into a really slow rear naked choke. So, I like the match. I don't like the result. Which is, I think that's where I mostly land here on this match. Okay, I can feel that. I'm not going to try to sit here and, like, I like Yamamoto, but I can't. He's not in Zaza's, you know, stratosphere as far as what I've seen. All right. You ready to move on to the next one? Yeah. We got Willie Williams versus Peter Ohl. I got to be honest with you. I don't think this is much, much to go with here. No, uh, I, I was, with the, I was uh, like dreading you saying, what do you got? Dan? Because <laughs> I, I don't got a lot. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair oh, enough. oh, wait, <laughs> I'm reading out. I, I watched this a little bit ago, so I'm reading this and remembering. I wrote, Kick trading, Peter takes him down. <laughs> Not a whole lot to say about this one. <laughs> Willie yeah. head arm choke finish. That's all I have. Yeah, I was like, okay, Willie just gets on top and squeezes his head, and that's it. Which is, it's almost the same length as the match we just watched, but it's just, it's just a lot of nothing. Yeah, there's not much to talk about. And that's two for two on folks that got buys. Moving on. Next up, yeah, you're, gonna, you're gonna see a pattern there. <laughs> Mitzi and a guy versus Chris. Dolman. Chris is just a big fella. Not as big as Tony Hom or Petkov, but stocky. That's for sure. Dan, what do you got? Yeah, Chris Dolman is, I wrote, a large grandfather. Yes. Um, and I, speaking of ages, 22 years older 
than Zaza. He's 50 year old. Okay. I don't know if Rank say, tell me he was 22 years old. Period. the fuck out no, of here. Uh, I like I like this. This is good uh, because it's again I like when if there's a size disparity when it really gets used because uh, Nagai comes out and like blitzes him and gets a knockdown, but then Chris Dolman gets on top and he's just very heavy. It just he just squishes him basically for four minutes and then gets a front face lock. Yeah, as far as the match goes, I'm not a huge fan of this one. I think it's okay, but I just love Dolman looking like he's been working the door of a club for the past 25 years of his life. Yeah, I like that too. Like I, like I said, I don't think the match is a whole lot, but I do like just like them saying like, "Hey, size matters." Yeah, he's a big dude, and that's gonna yeah, all gay places. Does also hit the guy in the nuts with a knee. He does do that. So good for him. Good for him. That's three for three for with folks from buys. Moving on for those counting at home. Dan, ready to move on? Yeah. Hans Neiman versus Nikolai Zuev. I'm gonna call him Zo. Going forward. Dan, what are your thoughts? Uh, I like this. Uh, Zoe is like has like this, you know, the slicker moves. He hits a, a really sweet looking fireman's carry, but it's just like Hans hits harder. Um, one of the things I wrote in this match that I, I liked is that Hans throws everything like he's going to kill you. Where like there's a thing in wrestling now where a lot of guys their misses just they they're clearly misses. Where I don't know if Hans was meaning them to misses or not, but he's throwing everything full force, and sometimes they connect and sometimes they don't, but they all look awesome. Um, uh, I think there's like a series of knockdowns, but where they trade knockdowns back and forth, but Hans is just too too powerful. I thought this was pretty good. I thought this was really good. I'm a pretty big fan of this one. I think Zoe is my favorite of these bi contestants. He's a bi contestant that actually loses. Yes, yeah. He loses to, to Hans here. So I was a little bit disappointed that, okay, the first one I feel like, okay, that this is the guy who feels like he deserves it. And there's a discrepancy between this match and the previous Hans match in the sense that Hans was really able to bully his way through that first round. Like there's nothing his opponent could do to change the outcome of that match. Here, Zoe is not to be bullied. He might not have quite the same firepower, but he can hit a double leg on Hans and not have to take a huge kick to, to do it. He can do his grappling if he can get in that position where it felt like before. Okay. Hans just needs to grab a rope and he's done. He can do whatever he wants from there. It didn't feel quite the same here. Even if he was still going to get completely wrecked in the end here. So that's what I really dug about this is that it definitely plays off that last match. And so it's just a much more kind of competent fighter overall. Looking somewhere more more like in the Zaza school of thought here of being able to mix in his striking, but mostly being just like a strong grappler. That's what I got here. Anything to add? No, I think we kind of agree on that one. Moving on. We got your favorite Tony Hom versus uh Bistov Teriel. Um, here's my notes. Tony sucks. He's not interesting. He's knocking down much he's knocking out dudes I like. Uh, Teriel had some like fun, interesting like strikes, like which is really bad when he's facing Tony Holm, who doesn't have interesting strikes. Absolutely, it's. I don't know why they did these matches these ways too, because the other guy always is just wrecking Tony, left, right, and center. Tony looks like an absolute chump. Teriel's got. I, 
I really think he just doesn't have any. He doesn't have anything to do. Like he doesn't have anything to do, so he just says like, "Hit me a bunch, and then I'll win." Exactly. Yeah, he's like, "I don't know. We'll figure it out." Thinking maybe maybe some part of his brain said, "Hey, that'll make my opponent look good if I kick my ass, and then I just win." I think this is something. I think it doesn't understand a lot, but I'm hopeful that Tony wasn't just a complete jack wagon here about this. I'm basing this on nothing, but I think he's a piece of shit. There we go. I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. I don't. I don't know. I think it's fair to just guess most wrestlers are, but I just I hate him in this tournament so much. Yeah, he's not. He's <laughs> he's not good here. Next up, Mikhail versus Dick Vrije. Dan, what are your thoughts? Um, this was really cool. Dick is like the Terminator in this. Uh, when they do the face off in the beginning, he's doing like the little peck dance thing. Um, Mikhail wants the grapple. But Tony, or not Tony, Dick is just longer and like a much better striker and is not letting uh, Mikhail get close enough to grapple. Um, at one point, Mikhail swarms him with strikes and that's the finish because Dick just hits one uppercut for the knockout. And I thought it was pretty cool. Good way to make Dick look good. Oh. There we go. There we go. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> that's Very a good way to make Dick, Dick look, good. look good. Yeah, I think. This really puts into context how small Willie Peters is because Mikhail looks like thick as all hell and just a, a big boy in that first round. He does not look the same against Dick. He looks like a sh- little shrimp. Still pretty thick, but a full head below Dick, which is important when he's trying to grapple and Dick at one point literally just pie faces him down into the mat. He's just too, his arms are just not long enough. He's got T-Rex arms. He's out here trying to do judo throws and can't even get into his body. It's like when you hold your little cousin back by the forehead. Like, there's just nothing he can do. Yeah. So, it's a it's a fu- interesting match, that's for sure. As much as I was like, oh man, this is going to be super cool. Then I, the bell actually rang and they got near each other. I was like, oh wait, something's <laughs> different than I was expecting here. So, no, it's fun though. It's fun. I think uh, this is definitely worth going anyway to, to check out here. And this is the last of the first round matches or second round matches on this show. And at a non tournament match on the first round show, Dick knocked out Akira Maeda in less than three minutes. So they're really presenting him pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. We're moving on to the third round from November 19th from Eric A. Coliseum. First matchup. It's Hans Neiman versus Dick Breeze. Dan, what are your thoughts? Uh, I really like this. Um, two of my favorite guys so far in the tournament. And it's just like two guys that are scary in different ways. Um, Dick is really good at being like cocky, even when he's getting like swept off his feet, which is what takes a lot. Like he like, he's like, Oh, I can't believe you did that to me. How, like that'll never happen again. Um, he, he gets dropped with a real big head kick at one point. Uh, but he gets up and he uh, he drops Hans and then uh, Hans ends up knocking him out and they do like a big manly Dutch hug at the end and I, I like it. And I was I was shocked by this because like I said they I did not I thought Dick was going to go farther with him beating Akira in the uh, non tournament match and headlining the second round. What did you think? Yeah, I think it's really good. I think this is the battle of the kickers. It's the two yeah. badasses of the tournament so far squaring off. Feels like okay. It's interesting they they just collision now. It's like okay, they're clearly two of the baddest men in this tournament. 
but yeah, it, play, it plays out just like that. Like, okay, who's going to be able to come off more explosive and really land their shit? It's Hans. <laughs> it's a spinning kick that doesn't hit quite, quite land flush, but lands hard enough. Dick sells it like, like all hell. So, yeah. There we go. You ready to move on? Yeah. Chris Dolman versus Yoshihisa Yamamoto. Dan, give it to me. Um, I think this is pretty reminiscent of Chris Dolman's first round match where he's using his size, the really like big brother Yamamoto. But Yamamoto just kind of weathers a storm and ends up winning with a heel hook. Um, I thought Yamamoto looked good, but I, I, I can see how if you already weren't a fan, you wouldn't like this. Um, but I thought this was okay. Yeah, I didn't realize that Dolman came out to fly at the Valkyries. Which just made me reminded that really Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson ruined this song. <laughs> Not because of anything he did, but this song really should be only reserved for, for big fellas. That looks like they could drink out of the table. It shouldn't be for five foot six. 190 pounds, folks. You got to be really able to eat another person for you to use this song. It's my thoughts, personally. I think this is a better match than the previous Dolman match in the sense that Yamamoto is a better underdog. Even if I think he's still not, <laughs> he's still missing something in the sense that he's an underdog that I don't believe ever does enough to really come off as a winner. But there's this point where Dolman catches a kick from Yamamoto drags him Yamamoto out of the corner from that kick puts him on his back somehow but just like dragging it hard enough and then pounces on his back it's just like okay how are you supposed to wrestle this man who wrestles like a bear and can really drag you around at will I don't think this match really solves that question necessarily other than it happens and they are doing the kind of trading leg lock situation but Yamamoto is just in a better position with his leg lock and is able to really just snag it out from Dolman to take the victory yeah see I'm in this situation where I don't want to talk this match because I don't think this match is that great but I think Yamamoto is is better than the new thing I guess if we disagree because I think he everything he does I think looks like like it looks like a good underdog story it looks like it's full of fire and he's trying his best yeah, I think it's always in that last that last moment. The last thing I see from him is not what I am hoping. Yeah, the finish of this. Yeah, I, I can I can see that. It's that he never really completes that story. He's great at being underneath, but it seems like when it's his time to like surprise. his victory isn't earned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, I can I can see that criticism. Next up, Dan, we got the first match in the tournament from Volcon. It's him against Willie Williams. Fuck Willie Williams, you know? Yeah. I don't know if we spoke about how Willie Williams looks in this tournament. Like he's got me. a real uh, strip mall karate vibe. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, we have a man who teaches karate about half mile from my house at the community center who's like a 58-year-old uh, RN who teaches karate in his spare time. The exact same. Like, they look nothing alike, but the exact same energy. Um, I let my nephew go to like two two of his classes, and I was like, "We're, we're gonna we're gonna find somewhere else for you to go." <laughs> this is not. Uh, 
there's there's not much to this. Um, I think like literally all I have is a Volk gets a single leg Boston Crab turns into a heel hook for the win. It's like three minutes long. I thought it was fine to put in Volcano over. It's just I don't know. I think you go into the tournament, you want to watch a lot of Volcano, and he's not into a third round. In the third round, he's a three minute match. Yeah, you're not really getting a lot of them. It's like easy work, easy money here. Willie Williams does not look. Just to be clear, his, neither one of his matches are. He's not good in either one of them. I don't want to say this match is bad, but I do want to say he does not look good in it. Yeah. I don't know what this man has done with his life. It doesn't feel like much. <laughs> I, yeah, there's not, there's not a lot to say. I find the funny finish to me is actually kind of a little funny, just in the sense that Volkan gets this goddamn every single leg where he looks like he's really gonna fucking bust Willie's kneecap on it. But Willie gets out of it, and then okay, I'll just get a leg lock quickly after that that escape and he taps. Just like, why why not just finish on the the, the better looking move? The one that really looks like it kicked your whole ass. Yeah. But whatever. Doesn't really matter. Han's moving on. Dan, you got anything else you want to add here? No. Let's go to the main event. The main event for the third round. I have actually no idea if it's just the main event, but it's main event for the literally the third round of this tournament. Akira Meda versus Tony Hom. Dan, you have to love it, right? Uh I'll let you know. Sometimes I don't have memory, so I'm reading this and it's like, who wrote this? I wrote Ding Dong, the bitch is dead. God bless. Um, <laughs> I did not like Tony when I was watching this. He doesn't have boxing gloves. Um, That's the tell. Akira Maeda is super over, which helps. Like, it almost makes it exciting. Um, he wins with, like, a, a good-looking single-leg Boston Crab um, that I mean my brother tap out to all the time, so I know it works. And uh, it, it was fine. The, Tony's best match, for whatever that means. It's really not a lot. Yeah. So, there you go. Like, there's nothing much to say about this match. Mado wins. He looks like he's a big deal. He's treated like a big deal. Tony is a coward. Doesn't even bring the gloves. Which means he's not throwing a punch. There we go. That's the third round. We're moving on. The semifinals on December 16th. It is. First up, Volkan versus Han Neiman. Dan, give it to me. This was really good. Um, Volkan is like really all of his takedowns look big, like lots of big slams, uh, a lot of rope breaks, uh, uh, and then like Hans is almost like overwhelmed, so he starts trying for takedowns as well. But then once he gets them, it's not ending up well for him because Volk is a better grappler, and he ends up grabbing a knee and uh, dropping for the heel hook for the win, which I, I thought was cool because it was like he caught like a like a you know a knee strike and then just pulled him to the ground for the heel hook. I liked it. Yeah, Han is definitely like the chess master in this match. It's like, okay, even when Hans is finding offense, it's just turning it into him having to play defense. There's nothing he can do to sustain a run against Han in his baby holds and just frankly being a guy who can at least hold his own against a lot of wrestlers on his feet, even if it's not maybe in Han's league. So, fun match. Enjoyed. 
but I know. Yeah, I like one. what you said there because that is that is the way it worked. Was worked is that every time Hans got an advantage, it wasn't really an advantage because Volk Volk would you know turn it into something for himself. Yeah, and I, this had to be a game of runs for Hans, and he just yeah. couldn't put anything sustained. The pressure, like once you leave the pressure off a little bit, it's just like okay, you gave up and, any offense by just letting up just a tiny bit. He is the only non-buy wrestler at this point, like a wrestler not to get a buy, and he made it all the way to the semis. You know, against the two guys that got buys all the way to the third round, and the guy that got a buy to the second round. So, like, I thought it was a good story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, next up, it's Meta versus Yamamoto. Dan, what are we thinking? This was amazing. Um, they are slapping and pump-training the shit out of each other, like, hard, and the crowd loves it. And it's like, Akira Maeda does a good job of, like, selling almost disbelief that Yamamoto is coming at him so hard. Um, I The finish was really cool because it plays off that where... Uh, Yamamoto keeps dropping Akira, and like they said, Akira does, like can almost not believe it, and then he finally gets dropped again. And while he's on the ground, he just grabs a, grabs a foot, pulls him down, heel hook. Yeah, and it felt like a lot of the the body of this match is like Meta is bigger, he's stronger, he's not as plucky as Yamamoto, but he's definitely smarter also. Yamamoto doesn't really have a lot, of, a lot of things in his toolbox that are going to out, outwork Maida. So, there's a lot working against him. He's not going to be able to, he, he might be able to punch his way out of this just because he's younger. He can keep it up going harder, faster. But every time he does, not every time, but a lot of times he knocks Maida down. He just grabs a leg, and that's a single leg takedown. And Yamato just does not seem at all equipped to deal with the fact that after he's dealt out his best strikes, that this old man is just going to grab a leg and bring him down to the mat and turn what should have been a knockdown into him playing defense. And potentially, in a lot of occasions, him having to use escape of his own. I'm just glad that that, that story actually plans that. <laughs> Plays out where Maida does it one last time, and that's the one that wins it for him. Yeah, I like. I really enjoyed this. I thought. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm not super familiar with ring, so I don't know the pecking order. But I know that Akira Maida is the guy, and they did a good job of establishing that. Like, he's the guy. He's smarter, and he's on top, and he is a winner, and he knows how to win. And Yamamoto's trying his best, but it's just it's just too much for him. It just you know, he can't get his head above water. For sure, for sure. Yeah, and it is very apparent who the two guys of this tournament are supposed to be. And they made that very obvious with the buys. There are only two wrestlers that get second round buys, and they're going to move on to the finals. There's a reason for that. It's not just because they got the buys, but they're also a notch or two above the other competitors. Dan, we're going to move on to the the grand final, January 25th, 1995, from Budokan. But first, we're going to do the third place matchup of Yoshisa Yamamoto versus Hans Neiman. Dan, what are you thinking? Uh, this was good, and it was almost like 
Yamamoto saw that he was getting outstruck against Akira. Like, not getting outstruck, but that his striking wasn't enough against Akira. So he, so he was trying more for takedowns because of how good Hans is at striking. And it's just... It just wasn't enough either. And the, the, they're both two of the more fiery strikers on the tournament. Like, they are throwing heat. Um, I, I This, again, I really like this. Um, the the finish is cool, but it's just Hans. Just, he just just gets up and just swarms him, just attacks him into the corner and just knocks him down with a palm strike. Yeah, I think I feel a little bit differently about this match. Oh. Not in me, the quality. I thought this was really good. I more so that it felt like Yamamoto treated this as he gave it his best shot and he lost. Hans looks like he's trying to prove that if things went a little differently, he should really be the guy. Because at times he just looks like he's going to rough shot over Yamamoto. He is just blasting this man to kingdom come. And Yamamoto is doesn't look like he's, he's really there for it. That That's what it felt like. Does he have one inspired moment where he does a stupid windmill taunt? He's trying to be like, <laughs> hey, I'm, I got this one. I got this. He gets a takedown. But again, Hans going back to his old strategy. Just grabs the rope. Yeah. And boom. Left, right, left, right. Now there's ton in the corner. And this is the one match where we go to the four points. I believe... Hans technically wins at some points. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I, I like what you said there, but I do think it was a lot of, like, Hans was hitting these, almost like these bursts where, like, like you know, Loki's pissed off at, you know, something. You know what I mean? Like, a, like almost almost uncooperative, but it wasn't probably. Probably, I don't know. Where he would just, at it, like, just throw so much fire at him, like, in a row. And I could see where, he, like, Yamamoto wasn't, he wasn't here for all that at, at times. Yeah, there was a definitely a points disparity as Hans was he knocked him out, knocked him down enough to, to get to five, which no other match was really coming super close to that. Yeah, mostly because honestly, not a lot of strikers in this tournament. Strikers are going to pile up points faster than a lot of these grapplers. You have to work twice as hard to get the same same amount. But that's it. Hans wins. He's third place. No matter what. Then we're on to the final. The grand the final. Kiramida versus Vulcan. Dan, give it to me straight. I like this a lot. And I think... I almost think it's one of those things where it's a victim of the ex- my expectations. Yeah. Where these are, the two, these are the two guys. These are the two big dogs. And the crowd is hot. And like I said, the production values on this are great. So they both come out. Lots of fanfare. And it's one of those things where I'm going to talk about it. And it's almost I can already feel myself coming off as negative. Where it is a good match. Um, there is the leg lock stuff I talked about, but it's about the highest level of that you can get. And I like it, but I think I just think I wanted more. I don't know where where are you? With I think it? I'm in the same exact boat. I was I was hoping for a little bit more here after some of the and circumstances we got with some of these other matches in the build to this one. And unfortunately, the match of the two biggest stars of this tournament didn't, didn't quite equal what you'd hope as far as the competition goes. 
The crowd reaction, clearly there. It is hot as all heck. But the actual components of the match, it felt like I never really understood what they were trying to tell here. Volkan is clearly the better grappler. But at times it felt like that was not a significant advantage. Even if he was doing some twisty fancy submissions, it never felt like that was more or less effective than Mida just doing a late lock. You know, finding a way into a Boston Crab. It never felt like, okay, what Volkan is doing isn't just more impressive, it's more effective, and he has more tools in his toolbox. He does eventually win it. He does eventually become our 1994 Mega Battle winner in January of 1995. But it feels like, okay, how did we get here? I don't know if we quite told that narrative that really hooked me and hooks me with a lot of shoot styles. Really what I like about shoot styles, like, okay, folks are going to come in with their strategy. It's either going to work or not work. And then they're either going to flip the script and try to try something else midway through when it's, they're going to sink or swim. But I just felt like nothing ever changed. It felt like, okay, they're both doing their thing. And I don't know if we're really building anywhere. But it, so, it just feels but, like the match that had the most advantages going in. Yes. And it didn't capitalize on it. Like, like all all three of uh, Akira Mania's matches, the crowd's hot, but this was, it was rocking. They were chanting his name. They were ready for it. It gets, it gets 14 minutes when, like I said, nothing else went over nine or went over 10. And they just, I don't do enough with it. Like technically, like there's not too much for me to nitpick about, but like, they didn't tell a cohesive story and they didn't didn't crown the night. Like it wasn't the best match of the tournament. It wasn't even close, honestly, which it feels like it should have been. Yeah, especially when you're dealing with not you're not dealing with a Hans or a Dick or someone in there that could at least deliver dynamite striking or something that really separates this. It's a lot of grappling that just doesn't feel as impactful, even if I still think it's good. I, I still enjoy it. I still think this is a good match. I just was hoping for a great match. You know, in the week, in the, you know, bi-weekly or every episode, you know, Dan Fantasy Books, it's just like you have the stories of, of Hans not getting a bye, going all the way through the tournament. You have Yamamoto's underdog story, and it felt like either of those against one of the two big dogs probably would have been more satisfying than just the number one guy faces the number two guy for 14 minutes. The crowd's hot, but not a lot happens. Yeah, because either way, either it's Hans found a way to blast through Volkan and is going against the other, the more le- the legendary striker, I guess. The legendary all-around player in Meta. Can he topple that? Someone that is of similar size as him. Or is it Yamamoto after beating the legend, finding a way, can he do it against the expert grappler where he's not going to be able to sneak in a submission like he has been throughout the tournament? What's going to happen? But no, we kind of do like, okay, it's one versus two and they're going to apply their trade. There you go. It's whatever. It's not my favorite way to end this just because I felt like I've been fairly happy with a lot of this tournament. But the finals is kind of a letdown all in all. 
All right, Dan, are we ready to move on to kind of our, our final proceedings here? Yeah, like we got to, we got to, you know, rate the show, rate the worker in the match. All right. Do we want to start with, as usual, match, worker, rating? Yeah, let's do it. My match is, I don't think it'll be yours. Akira Maeda versus Yoshihisa Yamamoto. No, that's mine. That's mine. Oh, it is? Okay. Yes. All right. As much as I am frustrated with Yamamoto, this is the one he this is the one he loses. So all of that the things that I don't like are like erased. <laughs> that's true. Like that's that hides his weakness because you, you know he can't he can't get the big victory, but he doesn't, so it's fine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It, it felt like pretty clearly in my mind the most complete match of the tournament. Yeah. My my second one would have been him versus Neiman. Hans versus uh, Yamamoto yeah. versus Neiman? Yeah. yeah. I think the semifinals and then the third place match is are like the th- three, maybe the three best matches. Volkan versus Neiman, Akira Maeda versus Yamamoto, and then Hans versus Yamamoto, which is another thing that makes the final so disappointing, is you're on such a hot streak. Yeah, it feels like that's the ideal way our tournament should work is that we're building, we're building the best matches are happening as we're speaking yeah. with the best wrestlers in the tournament. But it just doesn't play quite out like that. Oh, there we go. Dan, who is your worker of the tournament? Hans Neiman. That's very He's my funny. guy. He's my guy throughout it all. It's very funny. You want to know who mine is? Who? Yoshi Yamamoto. That are you kidding me? <laughs> the math can't be defeated. You can try to, but you can't beat it. As much as I dislike how he finishes all of these matches, I spent this entire show being like, "Let me." Like every time you say something about him, I'm like, "Let me clarify. He's good. Let me clarify. I like him." <laughs> For you to name him your worker of the tournament, he is I'm gonna go back and talk some shit about him because I think he's not as good as Hans. That's very funny. That's a very funny. I'm glad we did this. I'm glad we no, did he, this. He, it was all worth it for this. I'm a little bit upset. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but you can't, I can't fight the math, unfortunately. As much as I'm upset that he beat Zaza and it doesn't feel like he earned that particularly. He's not a strong finisher in his matches. He looks good. Like, he's a great underdog. The beta match rocks. The Hans match, I think, rocks. Again, Hans is a large part of that because he's kicking ass. I, think there's some I, I had a tough time with it. I had a tough time between those two. I will admit, um, up going into the semifinals, I was like, I was already like penciling in Hans. I was like, if he, this is awesome. And then that Akira Maeda Yamamoto match is so good that like it really, I, I went back and forth on him, but I just, I stuck, I stuck with Hans because I'm excited about him not getting the buy and wrestling that many times and looking that good every time. But yeah, apparently you secretly love Yamamoto. I secretly love negative, Yamamoto. You were negative the whole episode. <laughs> Sorry, I, had to, I wasn't trying to swerve you here. I was just like, I can't. I actually the almost, I almost, as we're doing this, I'm so contrarian that I almost, cha- like, I already had, I sent Sam the list. I finally, we finally went back and wrote down all of our workers and match and scores for all the episodes. I had already written in my answers. I almost deleted it and put Yamamoto. Because I'm like, no, screw Sam. He's good. 
He is good. He is good. I won't fight it. I won't fight it. He's just a deeply frustrating wrestler. I just also think he's the best wrestler of this tournament. All right. I'll be honest with you. I don't I don't know what I want to rate this show. I know this tournament. There's a lot of wrestling here. Not in time, but in matches. I will going to say for me, just because my I know my opinion isn't colored by what you say. Okay. It's just three point five. Did you say three point five? I said three point five. Oh, the same I rating that. I gave that's to CCW's turn up to three banned my ass. This is now tied for the best tournament of, of all, all time, time, mathematically speaking. Yeah, exactly. Science says this is the best tournament of all time. This <laughs> rings Mega Battle nineteen ninety four and CZW Tournament of Death three banned my ass are the two best tournaments of all time. According to me. Well, according to the math. According to the math. Because I actually have, if you recall, I actually rated, but apparently I'm just giving a lot of things a 3.5, because I gave King of the Ring 93 a 3.5 yes. as well. Yes. You were not that high. No, so but that's you were, why, you, in my mind, the total math doesn't add up there. It's only it's only a 6.5 out of 10, where these two are 7s out of 10 on the talking tourneys scale. Yes. That's fair. That's fair. Dan, I did, did you give this 3.5? I didn't hear your number. No, no, I, I gave it 3.45. I already had it written down in there. Okay, there we go. There we go. I Sorry. I up when you said it. I, I jumped the gun there. Uh, yeah. All right. There we no, go. Uh, this was 3.5. And because of how much I love Tournament of Death 3, when I was compiling all the awards, first off, I was like, I can't believe I gave King of the Ring the same score. I don't know if, I don't know that in, in a year from now I'll be thinking about King of the Ring, but I'll be thinking about Tournament Death 3. Yeah. Absolutely. So that that went through my head. I was like, oh, but then I was like, I think this is on that level. This is this is good. Yeah. And, this, and the bad stuff in like this, this this is the trick to pro wrestling. The bad stuff is short. This is the trick to rings and shoot style in general. Yeah. The good stuff is short, which is good. The bad stuff also short, also, also good. good. <laughs> this stuff isn't hard, guys. Like <laughs> they figured it out. It doesn't have, like, you don't have the thing where I'm watching, you know, Ian Rotten versus CM Punk for 20 minutes, both of them seem, seeming bored. We cracked the code goddamn near 30 years ago. What are we doing here? And I'll remember Grom's Zaza for the rest of my days. I, I, might, I might just start watching some Grom's Zaza uh, because, yeah, he was awesome. I'm just going to start looking up Olympic clips. <laughs> just watching. Uh, Looking through looking through our ratings is really fun because it's like, man, we hated the Intercontinental Championship tournament. Sucks shit. It was so bad. Oh. We've done it. We've done a few of these shows now. We've got yeah. a, little, a little bit going here. We got some knowledge developing of tournaments. I think that a pattern you're seeing here is that despite our differences, a good match wins out. Like we can disagree on stuff, but if you get something like Akira Maeda versus Yamamoto. We're both picking it. Like, it doesn't matter which what point of view we're coming from. Like, I know pro wrestling's su- subjective, but, like, the best stuff rises to the top. Yeah, we're and good it's, like, apparent to everyone. By and large. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're we're right and everyone else. Yeah, we're, right. we're correct star raiders. Yeah. Accurate star raiders, sorry. Yeah. And that's what's important at the end of the day. Our opinions are correct, objective. Yeah. Mine aren't stars, mine are points, but. Okay, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> you, you do these scales of, like, 88.6 out of 100. Yeah. Your Piro TV system. All right. There we go. Tied 
for the greatest tournament of all time. Mega Battle 1984. Next episode, we're going to see who's going to step up to the challenge next. It's going to be WXW's 16-carat tournament 2011. And you ready? I'm excited about this. I liked it. I gave Sam three options. He said, yeah, those are cool. Or forget that. Let's watch this. I feel like I haven't had a personal attachment to any of the tournaments so far. which is No, I'm saying I'm excited about this, too. I mean, it was just I I just thought that was funny. (laughs) I'm going to pull the DVD off my shelf. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get go to the real thing. Dan, I am going to log on to High Spots Network. Yeah. I'm watching on that. Log on, you know. Listen, I I don't know if anyone knows this. I don't. We don't. I'm, I'm going to treat our listeners, and maybe it will cost me. If you're signing up for the High Spots Wrestling Network, put in the promo code High Spots, you get a year for free. That seems illegal. I just I when every website I go to, when it says promo code, I put in the name of the website. It works 10 percent of the time. It's hey, it's a decent batting average. Now that I said that, I'm gonna lose my subscription. I'm gonna take that promo code away. But I just want our treat, our listeners to have a little treat. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, it's just a small enough audience. Where I think so. Gonna... And you got all the way to you know an hour into this episode. There you go. You get a free year to high spots from me. Yes. Yeah. A, a service <laughs> that I don't know where it stands in the grand scheme of things. They have th- three, four streaming services now. Uh, it's very again. strange. This is the thing that I'm looking to get into it. They spent a long time when they were advertising that high spot wrestling network. And then one of the other ones, they kept advertising kayfabe commentaries as a big part of it. And I went to go watch something on kayfabe commentaries last week. I don't know what I was looking for. And they no longer have the license to that. It expired in November. <laughs> that can't be true. It, 100%, they're, they're off. They're off the website because I think kayfabe commentaries is doing their own thing now. But I'm like, that's really funny because it was, it was like, it was like PWG, Shimmer, Kayfabe Commentaries, subscribe. And within like four months of them having the new services, one of those is gone. So very good. We got High Spots TV. You got the High Spots Wrestling Network. High Spots Now? High Spots Now. Yes. Where you can watch PWX of Pittsburgh. Or, I really don't know. None of this makes sense. Is PWX out of Pittsburgh? I thought that was like... The Carolinas. There's multiple PWXs. Oh, okay. All right. So that's why they define it. That PWX. Not oh, the one that the, you might want to watch. Not the one you want to watch. Okay. No, this is... I am going to get lost in the weeds here, I think, if I keep trying to stare at this and try to make sense of what they're doing here. When they announced all that, I like responded to the tweet for them to clarify, and they responded. I don't know that they clarified. No, I don't think they did, and. Then we got a, the Premier Wrestling, no, the Premier Streaming Service, yeah, coming out, unrelated to High Spots, which will have What's CZW. On that one? What's on that one again? Oh, CZW, okay. And something out of Michigan, Great Lakes Wrestling or something, and those are the two promotions associated, to my knowledge. Okay, I Maybe guess you're I'm gonna go on a limb and say like Nate Matson wrestles for that company. Maybe, probably. I don't know why you <laughs> think that, but probably. I mean, that's just when I think of Michigan wrestlers, that's who I think of at this point. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I think also maybe OVW will be part of that. And then there's Fight TV. Fight TV. A shame of a service. Yeah. The evil professional wrestling syndicate. The Cleveland promotion. 
one booked by BLP Mikey, who knows fucking ass about wrestling. Then there's the wholesome IWTV, who's never done anything wrong to anybody. Never. Shout out to Dylan Hales, and shout out to Restival. Speaking of me replying to streaming services, I replied to Fight TV at, or actually it may have been AIW, saying, hey, when are we getting the archives? And they said, oh, over some dates. I love it. Some dates in the future. And I went, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm on High Spots Wrestling Network right now. Yeah. Nothing nothing makes any sense because they also like are pitching that this service will never get updated again. Truly. Yeah. This is, you can sign up. It's worth 10 bucks a month, but we're not going to update it. They absolutely are updating the shit out of this thing. It gets everything. It gets right. everything. Get all, all the PWG, all the Shimmer. Nothing stops. The big thing is the the Roku channel has gone, I guess. Who but like cares? It's, 20, it's 2022, almost 2023. You should be able to, fi- you should be able to figure out how to put it on your TV if you really want to watch it. But yeah, they've put up stuff like as recently as like this week. Yeah. Chris Wrestling Hero's still doing his uh, shoot thing. It, yeah. The promotion that theoretically should not be here because they're exclusively on Fight TV. It's here. New. You got AAW, AAW, you've got lots of shimmer. Uh, that new show, I think that new show has a tournament on it. Oh, no, Dan. <laughs> I'm going to let you know. I'm looking at it. It does. Tournament of champions. Four first round matches and then a four way final. Uh oh. We might be we, having a We can make that work. We can make that work. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, and now all of our audience can watch along with us because I gave them a little free trial for you. Yeah, bless, bless you. Bless you. All right, I, I'm gonna get lost in the weeds here, Dan. Right, do, we gotta get out of here. Do you want to plug anything? Uh oh, I do. Oh, let me pull it up. Shoot. Can you plug? Uh, say, okay, tkscissors.blogspot.com. They, they, that's you... uh, that's this guy. I'm not sure his Twitter name right now. I'm drawing a blank, but he has done a lot of blogging on the history of rings. Looks like he's covered every single show. And after I'd watched the show, I kept pulling up his blog posts to see what he thought and just I would I don't hopefully I didn't cover my opinion, but like just to get the he had all background information and he put quotes from the observer, which I didn't use any of that for this show, but it's still cool. Yeah, I didn't see any of that stuff until like 15 minutes before we start recording. I was like, oh, look at that. There's some interesting yeah. nuggets here. I got it trying the. there's so few results on Google for. Like when you start Googling Mega Battle 1994, that like he's like the fourth thing that comes up. Um, besides that, I mean, follow me on Twitter and you know DM me if you want to buy a house in Ohio, West Virginia, Kentucky. Perfect. Um, and then follow Sam and all his stuff. What he's gonna say? Yeah, go follow the We Don't Wrestling Podcast Network at WDKWPN on Twitter. Despite Twitter maybe not existing by the time you hear this, with everything currently breaking, according to my timeline and slack channels that said go make sure you subscribe on itunes spotify wherever you listen to podcasts leave a review if you can it would be a huge bonus a huge plus and that's all we got folks thank you all for listening and we'll be back next time to talk 16 carat 2011 from wxw